A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Have it to get 30, 30, bit to get 30, bit to get 20, 20, 20, bit to get 20, 20, bit to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. This is Paul Hawksby. And Andy Jacobs. And this is the H&J Daily with some of the best bits of this afternoon's show. Well, as always, on a Monday, we look back on the Premier League weekend in the company of the great Danny Kelly. We uh, did. enjoyable as always. Um, we had some clips of the week pewter for you from back they in 2008. Fun. I had a little quiz for Andy. That was good. We reflected on the weekend's football. Andy's more bitter than me. I've uh, had a is... digital... Detox. Yes, yes, right. You've had a digital cleanse, haven't you? Yeah. Fantastic. So uh, you'll hear all about that and more. Here it all is. One good afternoon, everyone. Good afternoon, Andy. Good afternoon, Paul. I don't know if you remember during the World Cup, uh, basically, Chinese TV edited out the crowd. They didn't want to show scenes, crowd scenes, because they had COVID restrictions. Yeah, they yeah. didn't want their people to see people celebrating. Well, I've decided to ask Sky for the same thing, that when Arsenal play, can they show me a coverage without Mikel Arteta? Oh, OK. Just edit it out. That'd be fine for me. I'd be really happy. Fair enough. <laughs> it's a bit airy. You're, get, you're going bitter today, are you, oh, I'm very bitter. No, it was a great game, though. Yeah, what, it was. What a brilliant game. Corking game. It, it's clear Arsenal are the best team in the country. They're going to win the title. I don't think there's any doubt about that. City or push them but I think they are better than City they play with an intensity and a power and a sort of togetherness which is really admirable it pains me to say <laughs> <laughs> uh, I've got some breaking news where it's not quite breaking it happened a little bit yeah. earlier um, the all weather is off at uh, Kempton which I, <laughs> I think, love it when the all which I think off. it's important that we now <laughs> got to call it the sum weather <laughs> the sum weather is off uh, this afternoon at, uh, at Kempton it's marvellous isn't it I mean, you can't call it the all weather <laughs> If you call, it has got freezing <laughs> fog, to be fair. So. Now, in the old days, uh, when Arsenal played and Mike Bover was a reporter here, yeah. there, there used to be a thing where you'd be listening to Adrian on a Saturday afternoon and become at the 90th minute, you'd be hoping Arsenal would either be losing or drawing, whatever. Well, obviously you would, I but would, not yeah, the well, Arsenal fans wouldn't be, yeah. Yeah, and you'd hear Adrian go, goal at the Emirates, Mike Bovill, which way has it gone? You say, I know which way it's gone, it's gone to Arsenal, it always is. <laughs> and that's what it was yesterday, a real Mike Bovill goal at the Emirates. It was, but they kept pushing, didn't mm. they? They deserved it, because even they at did. two each, they, they did. didn't retreat into themselves. Manchester I, I thought United played well. If Casemiro yeah. had played, I don't think Saka would have scored that goal, I don't think he would have had that space to take that shot, but, you know, that's the way it is. He, he couldn't play, and you know, yeah. play what's against Andy and I, considering how long we've worked together, we don't really argue very much, but quite a heated argument. I mean, literally a heated argument broke out before the show. Um, This is because, and we heard um, Emma Hayes has been saying, we need undersoil heating. And I said, well, it's all very well, but, you know, at Kingstonian, that would cost them a lot of money. And Andy said... 
Well, what's undersoil heating going to cost? Hundred grand? Yeah, it's hundred grand to dig up the pitch. And <laughs> I suppose kitchens are about fifty, aren't an they? An intricate <laughs> series of pipework <laughs> in a football stadium, and then put the pitch back together. An hundred mm. grand. We worked out it was probably close to a million now, didn't we? Yeah, I, it, I got excited. That it was only five hundred grand. Then you pointed out it was two thousand and ten. Story from two thousand and ten, <laughs> and things have gone up since then. Just a touch. But yeah, we had a proper old ding dong about it. You weren't having it that it was going to cost more than no, that. No, I accepted it. So it, it did strike me that maybe we could get the listeners the arguments that started, the catalyst for an argument that started from a very, very small fallout. So, I mean, it never came to blows, but who knows it could, if we kept going, <laughs> maybe, maybe it could have done. I'm quite depressed today. I've just found out that I spent seven hours and 14 minutes on TikTok last week. You've got to grow up, Andy. You teenagers. What's five wrong hours and a minute on Instagram. That means I spent 12 hours and 15 minutes on those two. What a, what's it, half a day? What's wrong with me? I know, you've really got to sort yourself out Pathetic. did you what did you glean from those 12 hours did you learn nothing. anything useful nothing you could have read a book in 12 I hours should have read you a could book. have read one of the classics <laughs> what's a book you've been meaning to read for years I don't know it's Charles Buchan's Football Monthly Annual <laughs> yeah, 1959 Zorro yes <laughs> it's about the only book I read till I was about 16 really proud boast. <laughs> you read one book yeah I wasn't one really book. Much, I wasn't He's very, only read one book. It's about the same now. I wasn't very bookish, really. But uh, you know, oh. never mind. Didn't you have a small Italian manservant who read the books for you? <laughs> very much. He so. was your version of Audible, wasn't he? <laughs> and he had manservants when he was a kid. No, seriously, I'm not joking. I want to thank Jacob Ramsey uh, of Aston Villa mm-hmm. for saying something that you never normally hear. In fact, you've never heard before. No. He was talking about the fact that uh, the goal uh, that Southampton scored was disallowed because mm. of a foul on him. And he, he finished up by saying, obviously, thank God for VAR. I thought it's not something you hear very often, <laughs> no, is it? <laughs> it certainly isn't. Um, also, um, Jordan Zamura playing for um, um, Bournemouth alongside mm. uh, Dango Uatara, the new player. Um, Uatara, you know, just landed in the UK, basically put his kit on and went out mm. and played. Um, and he doesn't really speak any English at all. And um, uh, Zamura was saying that um, there is a bit of a language barrier. All he actually knows is back post. <laughs> really? The only thing, which is... which is <laughs> back the, door. To be honest, <laughs> if you just keep shouting that, the way Bournemouth are marking set pieces, that's probably not a bad thing to know, is it? They're terrible, aren't they, really? Their defence. They're all but, right going forward, but yeah. And Zamora said, when he scored, I don't know what Dango said to me, it sounded like Bon Marsh, which means uh, a bargain, doesn't it? Maybe he was saying he was a bargain, I think. Maybe that's what he was coming into. But we wondered about these um, the limited uh, language issues and, indeed, the language barrier misunderstandings you've encountered. So we'll take some of your uh, Dango-like tales this afternoon. Talksport.com, text 1889, tweet to TSH&J. And I had a bet builder on the Manchester United-Arsenal game yesterday. And it, I had f- four bits come in. I mean, mm. I, you know, I wasn't going to make a four. You know me. Yeah. You know me and my 50p each <laughs> way. Yeah. But it's just a bit of sport, really, yeah, to watch fair, the fair game. Enough, Most of them had come in. All I needed was one more yellow card, um, basically to go to Aaron Wan-Bissaka, because I'd said he'd get a yellow card. I thought, you know, wingers running at him and all that, they'd be Might yellow cards. away a penalty with that challenge. Him and Shaw. <laughs> 
But right at the end of the game, towards mm. the end of the game, it was that 50-50. They were mm. both foot up. Did you yeah, see yeah. that? Oh, yeah, yeah. They both went foot up and clashed. Yeah, yeah. And I'm shouting at the telly, book him, ref. Come on, Taylor, that's a booking. It's got to be a booking. And it wasn't really. It was 50-50. But you know, that's how it shapes you, isn't it? it does, Sometimes it does, the outside yeah. influences, yeah, whether it's your fantasy football team or a little flutter, shapes how you watch the game. So if you find yourself, <clears throat> excuse me, or I've found yourself in similar circumstances, do let us know this afternoon, talksport.com forward slash H&J, text to 81089, tweet to TS I fell asleep during the Leeds-Brentford game. Yeah. I had, had had a lovely Sunday lunch, so yeah. fair enough. Uh, but... I think quite a lot of the Leeds and Brentford players had as well, <laughs> yeah, by the look of it. That wasn't great. But they had a big roast dinner weighing <laughs> down on them. But I have got one note I've written. There was just one QPR fan at Ellen Road cheering on one of the Leeds forward players. Yes, it was the Lone Ranger and Nonto. <laughs> <laughs> And on that bombshell, uh, Danny <laughs> Kelly joins us very shortly to look back on the Premier Not League game. weekend game by game. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Yes, time once again to look back over the Premier League weekend uh, with Car Finance 24-7. As always, uh, Danny Kelly joins us to do just that. Hi, Dan. Hello, man. How are you? All good? All good, good thanks. Thank you. Although you reside in, in Ireland these days, mm. your, your better half, of course, is, is a massive gooner. So, um, yes, joyous yes. scenes in the Kelly household yesterday. Well, I, um, how can I put this without um, giving an image of um, marital disharmony? Um, <laughs> <laughs> she said, are you going to watch the game with me? And I, I, I had to shuffle my mental pack very quickly before I came playing up the card. No, I've got to research for Trans Europe Express. <laughs> um, so I managed to not be in the room when that late goal went in. Because, um, of course, you know what it's like. I'd have been sat there when it was too, too um, v- vaguely satisfied with the outcome. Um, and then they got their late goal. And you'd be forced to watch as she did some kind of a jig of delight, some kind of hacker <laughs> um, in, front the t- in front of the television. So, Paul, I'm, I made up a, a semi-permeable excuse and left the room. Oh yeah. well, yes, a wise, a wise thing to do. You heard the distant cheer, though, I guess, which must have oh, been heard, like a dagger I heard, I, to the heart. Uh, mm. you, you, yeah, but look, Andy's just saying they're the best team in the country. Mm. I'm not, I'm not certain that they, that Manchester City won't hunt them down, but the way they're playing, you, you know, even though it does turn literally to lemon juice on your tongue, <laughs> you've, you've just got, you've got to say, you know. Mm, I know, I'm so bitter. They came round earlier oh, with, a, yeah. with a birthday car for a hundred year old Arsenal fan. They wanted everybody to sign, but I couldn't. <laughs> Such a terrible <laughs> bloke. Such a terrible bloke, Andy. You really are. They are. It's, it, it, I mean, you you start to wonder what could derail them. I mean, beyond beyond a, you know, God forbid, a season threatening injury to. Odegaard, I can't think of much really. I can't think of much at the moment that would that would stop Arsenal doing what they're they doing. They can afford to draw both games with City and still win it. I just, I just think that I uh, do unless, think they're better than City. I do. They're playing better than City. I look at City's bench and you think there's still a long way to go in this season. Now, admittedly, mm. they've got Champions League obligations and things like that. You look at City's bench and you think, uh, you know, if he gets the play. It, it was interesting after the game against <clears throat> Spurs that he, he t- chose that victory to dig out both the players and the crowd at Manchester City um, to say, we've got to do better than this. Um, and, you know, given the players they have at their disposal at Manchester City, if they do do better than they are, they can go on, on a sort of supernatural run. But, you know, I don't want to make a comparison between what happened with Leicester and what's happened with Arsenal mm. because Arsenal fans would, would take that as an insult. But when teams get into these kind of runs of form, 
Um, and I use the word again, supernatural. It's as though nothing can go wrong. And, you know, if I had been not skulking in another room pretending to research um, for Trans-Europe Express, you could you could have guaranteed that Arsenal were going to get a winner yesterday, particularly at home. Not Nothing nothing corrupt or anything like that about it. It's just that's, well, that's the form they're in. Mm. And when you look yeah. at the way someone like Ben White is playing um, out of position, you just think, well, you know, they believe in each other. Even their little huddle before the start, in which I noticed Zinchenko was doing all the chat. Um, mm. Extraordinary. It's really it is, yeah. It's quite depressing, really. But well, what can you do? It's <laughs> like the old days, isn't it? United and Arsenal in a high-class battle for the league. Chelsea, Liverpool and Tottenham. You know, nowhere, really, let's yeah. be honest. <laughs> well, we'll come on to that later on. The, I mean, yeah. What of you... Uh, I mean, I think the Leicester comparisons are right. Not necessarily in terms of the clubs, but I'm talking about right. in terms of the relentlessness. There were certain games when Leicester, you said, oh, they got them next week. They could come up short there. Mm. I could see them dropping points there. And they don't, and they don't, and they don't. And you kind of sense there is there is a kind mm. of relentlessness about about. I mean, they're Arsenal. talking about Enketia for England now, Tony Cascarino. Just think about what they're doing. Arsenal have the youngest starting eleven in the Premier League. Their front three, which beat the most other informed team in the country, Manchester United, had a combined age of 65 and cost £6 million, Mm. their front three. And with that, they look like Andy says they are going to be champions of England. Something incredible has happened there. And it's happened. uh, Unlike Leicester, I I don't see this being a one-off. I mean, if Arsenal win the league this year, they're, they're going to be strong for the next few years. They've got a good young squad. They've got a good young manager. Yeah, it's not great for for us, but you have to admit what's there. You yeah, can't, well, you can't I think I, I think I think it's hard, but it's hard, Andy, with the Premier League to say. Uh, you know, of course they'll have a good team, but you know the the sheer amount of money, effort, and coaching power that's put into the teams at the top of the Premier League. Um, one other, the other end of Seven Sisters Road, notwithstanding, Paul, hmm. um, means that. No, you, you but know, I, I don't see them not being in the top four for the next few years. Yeah. Uh, Manchester United, they're playing the music, Danny, but let's have a quick word on yeah. Manchester United because I don't think we're going to be spending oh, that they long played really well. on Leeds versus really Brentford. Good. I, yeah. mean, mm. I mean, really good. The, the game itself, the quality of the game, are, you know, uh, which I was watching in another room, I'll be yeah. honest. Um, <laughs> the, the quality of the game was fantastic. Both sides are finding each other and the pace and the power. Manchester United contributed hugely to that and they're back, aren't they? They're really, really on their way back. Oh, yeah, definitely. It was the best game of the season by far, I thought. So far, anyway. Um, unlike Leeds nil, Brentford nil. Which probably, I don't know if that was the worst nil nil of the weekend, I don't know. Um, oh, yeah, some it was competition worse. There, Paul. Yes, no, no, it was worse than the so. Chelsea game. Yeah. It was really a dull game. I mean, you wonder what we learned from the match. It's interesting, Jesse Marsh is sort of talking up his team, sort of saying, we'll be fine. I was quite pleased with the performance. Why didn't but... he bring on the new plays? His argument for not bringing him on was really odd. I mean, it was strange. Rutter. Rutter. Yeah, he didn't bring him on, did he? No, but, no. I mean, you do, um, I look at Leeds and I think they'll just about have enough. I mean, sort of Nondo's goals and a bit of youthful exuberance. What are you thinking, Danny? Are you, you worried for them? Um, yes, I am. Because, but, but at the moment, you know, what have we got? Three points covering the bottom seven, is it? I mean, fantastic mm. for the Premier League, the, the, the stuff that's going on at that end of it. Um, it my view about this, Paul, changes every week. Um, I, I always have Bournemouth going down. Um, I think Southampton will probably go down. After that, it's, it's a lot. It could be anybody. Um, that's you know, right. There was that brilliant moment where Everton were, Everton were bottom of the table at one stage uh, over the weekend. Oh, I mean, yeah, they're looking yeah. pretty lightly as the, well. The, tr- the, the problem with Leeds, very quickly, Paul, is that I, you could see under Bielsa the vast expense of energy 
had some end product to it. Under Jesse Marsh, the vast expense of energy doesn't appear at the moment to have a spear point or some obvious purpose to it other than just mm. running around. I do fear for them, but then I fear for everybody down there. But sorry, he said, this was his quote that I was talking about, he said, about the bringing on Jorginho Rutter, the new signing. We thought about it. I could have done it. I just want to integrate him the right way. Well, well surely 20 minutes of a game you desperately need to win would be the right way to introduce him. When you've, you've paid 30-odd million for him, you must think he's all right. Yeah, it does seem an odd one. Brentford as well, big goal shine, not like them, quite an un-Brentford-like performance but they've had a couple of those maybe hmm. after you know they got sucked into it last year they he looks at some games Thomas Frank and said you know we'll be happy with a point here Tom, Thomas Frank is, is is fantastic isn't he afterwards his response was we didn't play particularly well it wasn't bad we didn't play particularly well if you can't win and then he was very very stern he went straight down the barrel as you would say in television Paul and said get a point mm. and if Brentford you know they, they were, they're, they're, they're a good team they'll be fine I've got no oh, problem yeah, with, no, no. with Brentford da- yeah. David Ray up still you know a lot of, clink, a lot of clubs showing a lot of interest in here yeah, he's not going to sign a contract so he will go he made a couple of big saves again the Hawksby and Jacobs daily podcast If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural-looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural-looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth, sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile unlimited premium wireless. Ready to get 30 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20 20, 20 ready to get 20 20, ready to get 15 15, 15 15, just 15 bucks a month. So, give it a try at mintmobile.com/switch. $45 up front for 3 months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. A lot can happen in 3 years. Like a chatbot maybe your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly 3 years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. We move on to Manchester City 3, Wolves near on Erling Haaland uh, hat-trick. Uh, Danny, the big stat of their course has been he's already scored uh, more goals than the joint golden boot winners of last season. <laughs> it's amazing, so, uh, isn't it? I thought Pep's comment was, uh, was an interesting one, really, which sort of summed up what's been said. When he scores hat-tricks and goals, he's the solution in our team. And when he doesn't score a goal, he's the problem <laughs> in our team. Yeah, but Pep's um, in one of those moods, isn't he, where whatever you ask him, he's got something slightly snarky to say about it just now. Um, I think he's trying to G up the team. Um, You know, two things about this. 
City aren't quite firing on all cylinders, are they? But everyone knows that. The stat I give you is that Arsenal had 20... Against a very good Manchester United, Arsenal had 25 shots at goal. Um, Manchester City at home against a much more limited Wolves side had half that. They had 13, of which Haaland converted three of them. Um, so they, they're not quite all clicking in the way that they would hope. I guess that's common knowledge, but it's worth saying again. Secondly, Paul, um, you you really set, set the alarm bells ringing last week when you mentioned Dixie Deans. I hadn't thought about the great Dixie Deans goal-scoring record, 60 goals in a season in 1927-28 for two decades. Mm. But he's well on schedule, you know. Yeah. Um, you were laughing about it. He'll play much more games than Dixie. Dixie only played about, I think, less than 40 games that season. Um, but he's well on schedule to beat it. So you're dragging up these names from the mists of history. <laughs> Everton could do a Dixie Dean now, really. Yeah. <laughs> Unlikely to happen. Well, uh, yes. there's, there's a very cruel joke about Dixie in his current state. It's true. To be made. So, uh, uh, no, and Wolves, uh, we saw the old, the joys, Andy. I know you haven't seen that goal yet. I know you do love a bit of playing out from the back. And there was mm. a spectacular ah. example, a beautiful slide rule pass from Jose Shah. Asar, shall I say, to, uh, to uh, the Manchester City player and uh, Holland just slots it home, doesn't he? Just well, now you know. I think the coaches—it's taken a couple of years that the teams are pressing with a new suddenness. They're not just pushing up; they're, they're attacking the, the person who's getting the ball played to them. Um, and you know, the goal City gave away against Spurs during the week—a good example of it. Um, and yet, so we can see these. Andy has a highlights reel at home of all the goals conceded by playing out from the back. And no one can show me any goals scored by pl- starting out playing from the back. Oh, no, you I can. Mean, you can break. If you break <laughs> the press, it can be very effective. And that's why they do it. But on the other hand, um, I was going to say now. On the head. other hand. On the other really? hand. I was about to make a point. Can you remember what's on the other the hand? Back. Oh, yes. You were saying. Pep, yeah. <clears throat> even Pep now, <clears throat> excuse me, goes along. You've got to mix it up. Even the best yeah. coaches, the people who are slaves to playing out from the back and only do that, that's a mistake now. The football's changing all the time and you've, you've got to mix it up and you've got and to go along. coaches are reacting, absolutely. Yeah. And you, and if, especially if you, you've got a big centre forward and you get players around them. Often there's no point going long and you aim it at one person. You've got to get people around and win the second ball. But at least you're playing in the opponent's half you know so it's a, it's a mixture is what you need the, I think. the, the example I'd give is, is once again from American football where there's only two ways of moving the ball forward you can throw it um, or you can run headlong in, uh, and run with the ball no team does only one thing because uh, the, the even those who've got brilliant quarterbacks that want to throw it, you have to, quote, establish that you can run the ball. Mm. Otherwise, the defence are just sitting there, literally letting their nail polish dry, waiting for you to do the <laughs> no, thing you're the going same. to do. It is do. exactly the same. We've got an point. ominous stat yeah. of the day. Ready for that? I don't know if it's time to put a bit of echo on my voice, <laughs> but this is the ominous stat yeah. of the day. It's courtesy of Live Score. Wars have only scored 12 goals in the Premier League so far this season. Each of the last four teams to score 12 or less in the first 20 games of a campaign have been relegated to the championships. Doomed. Some of the cheer yeah. the Wolves fans up. I think they'll be all right, though. They're showing signs. Get your 50p on there, Paul. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> 50p each way. I'm not, I'm not that tight. Anyway, mm. uh, let's move on from that particular game to uh, West Ham 2. Everton nil. Yes, El Sakiko went the way of the home side and uh, soon to be uh, mm. dad of twins, uh, Jared Bowen. Interesting him saying that, backing on what David Moyes had said, that not making the World Cup squad had really knocked him back, really kind of put him out of his stride. And he's only kind of just getting over it now. 
I mean, I, I heard that. And, you know, people are always looking for, you know, tiny slivers of reasons why something is happening and something as chaotic as football. Um, Jared might have had hopes, but it wasn't like, it, you know, it wasn't like Paul Gascoigne, was it? No. Um, you know, where no. he, he, the best he could hope was I will be the 26, whatever number there was in the squad, 26, was it? A 26 choice. And so I don't, I, I yeah, mean, but if he'd been playing, though, he would have been in the squad. That sure. was the whole point. He wasn't playing very well before. If he'd been the, playing yeah. like at the end of last season, <clears> there would have been no question about it, would there? <clears> um, but, but, I mean, the fact that he got the two goals in that game, I mean, the game was deliciously terrible, wasn't mm. it? Yeah. Um, because... Everyone was terrified of making a mistake, and uh, the the atmosphere w- w- wasn't great until they got their first goal. It, it was it was in some ways you you should it's it's rubbernecking, isn't it? Watching these re- relegation games, um, but they are delicious to watch. <clears> and uh, uh, Everton, I think we haven't heard anything about Frank Lampard today, have we? But no, that's not really we are hearing a word that something <clears> could <throat> be this afternoon. I mean, they're playing with when, spirit, but it's it's not enough. It is. Oh, but, but when Farhad Mashiri, who rarely watches the games, when he's at an away game, he might as well have worn a black piece of cloth on his head. Because <laughs> that's the only reason he was there, isn't it? Bill Kenwright and Farhad yeah. Mashiri, they had little screens in front of them. I don't know what they were watching. And uh, I know you're a long way from the pitch. Well, they're watching the match, weren't they? Well, they're a long way from the pitch at uh, London Stadium, so I suppose you need that. But uh, maybe they were watching something else. All the director's boxes have a little screen so they can watch the telly coverage. Have you not noticed that? Well, I've never been in the director's box, unlike yourself. Oh, well, I just I, I got lucky at Brighton the other <laughs> week and I was what, looking over Daniel Levy's shoulder so I could see the replays on his telly. <laughs> sure. Did you not want to speak to him, Paul? And he was a few rows in front of me. I didn't want to be wrestled to yeah, the ground by security. But you're Paul. Yeah. <laughs> He's not interested in Paul. Actually, I'm surprised my season ticket I've, entrance card still works. I've written, I say on the show. After Bowen's second goal, I've written, marking anyone? Yes. Yeah, it's <laughs> not wasn't great, is it? it? Anyway, we'll see what happens. Uh, we move on then to Leicester 2, Brighton 2. Mm. And let's talk about a, a young lad, I'm sure, making waves where you are at the moment over in Ireland. Evan Ferguson, what a fantastic young player. And it, it, it is another uh, kind of jewel in the crown through Brighton's uh, recruitment process. They are, I mean, who thinks you take a kid out of Bohemians at 18, you'll score, mm. score goals in the Premier Proper League. Proper striker's header, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah. I did hear Barry well, Glendelling, though, saying yesterday that although it is, Max was saying this is good for Ireland, he was sort of pointing out there have been other young Irish strikers who haven't trained on so it's very early days don't want to get too carried away it's only 18 uh, you'll forgive me if i get entirely carried away <laughs> Andy, um because ever since robbie Keane retired i've been sat here watching a succession of well-meaning dodderers up front for the republic of ireland thinking oh god i mean we were so blessed with robbie Keane, and i think this lad more so than some of the others you're mentioning there uh, i think he appears to have um what, what's necessary um you know uh, Andy, I've got to live in hope, and so it was great to see him come through. The other thought occurs, Chelsea, Tottenham, Arsenal, how much do they spend on scouting? It Mm. must run into tens of millions every year. Why don't they just... I don't think they do. They just go and see what Arsenal want, and then they go and buy them. Well, no, no, I was just going to say, for 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 one-fifteenth the price, you could hire some kid to hack into Brighton's computers and just go for the players (laughs) they know about. Probably probably true. There was a penalty decision in this game, and uh, I mean, 
you know, look, Lee Mason, I don't know him personally, but I never thought he was the greatest reference. It's not a massive surprise that he isn't the greatest VAR either. I mean, I don't know what they're looking at. How could that not be a penalty? It just oh, was yeah, a penalty. Was, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Now, so, you know, I know how Webster always got to be a high bar, you can't go against But a penalty is a penalty yeah. is a penalty, and they don't do themselves any favours when they don't give them. Uh, look, Howard Webb, uh, we talked about this a little bit last week, and I'll, I'll reiterate what I think. He almost has to mm. get his feet under the table and then come out sometime, maybe it won't be till the start of next season, and literally reset VAR. Tell people what it's there for, what they're going mm. to be doing. These bars, see, I don't like the idea, well, they set the bar higher for penalties at this season. The bar should not be subjective. It's got to be objective. Um, you know, if it's a foul in the other part of the pitch, then it's a penalty. And I know we're going to get some soft penalties from that. But at the moment, having not just one person's subjective opinion, that's the on-field referee, and then somebody else mm. in a truck 150 miles away, it, look, it just isn't working. And Howard must... It, presumably he took the job knowing that, and he's got to change it, and we'll see what he does. Um, um, it's interesting with Van Heck, another yeah. one that they've unearthed. And I was thinking... I bet Burnley wanted him. Somebody went Bayek and they didn't, they didn't know no what they were talking listening. about. No one was listening. <laughs> no one was listening. <laughs> there he is. He's there all week. Um, and on Leicester, Madison's back. There's a lot of store being held in that, but they've let kind of slip 19 points from winning positions this season. Worst in the Premier They'll be all right, though, I Leicester. think. With, you think so? Only two Madison, points yeah. above the bottom three? I just think between 7 and 17th, they're all fairly similar of ability, yeah. really. Well, let's move on to Bournemouth. One... Nottingham Forest one. We were saying earlier on mm. the new player, Dango Uatara, the only English words he knows are back post. And we're saying probably the way they market set pieces, that's quite a useful phrase. It looks like every ball that goes into the box from a dead ball situation, corner or free kick, looks like it's going to be a goal for Bournemouth at the moment. Uh, it, it, it's, it's extraordinary, isn't it? Because <clears throat> after every game, the managers say pretty much the same thing, we're going to work. Work is the answer. What work are you doing, guys? If, 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 if you know, us with no qualifications at all, no away for coaching badges, can see that they're absolutely hopeless at set pieces. And it's not because they haven't got height. I mean, they, they've got, you know, they've got big players in that team, Bournemouth, just don't know what they're doing on the training pitch to identify the problems. And I did think both these games, though, Paul, because when you were talking about your betting habits, mm. um, Leicester, Brighton, Bournemouth, Forest, shows the difficulty. You couldn't pick a winner out of these. I mean, as it happens, they ended it, end up as draws. But Andy's right. In the middle of the English Premier League right now, all the teams are so much of a muchness, and I'm not including Chelsea and Liverpool. We'll come back to them later on. <clears> that your you should pension, do. It's a toss of the 50 pence coin. Well, I will do then if you want. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, they've got know. players to come back, Bournemouth, haven't they? Solanke's coming back, Brooks and others like that. So is that going to be enough, you think, to, to keep them up? If you're pin- I mean, Dominic Solanke has good days as a footballer and others when, he, when he's less brilliant. But if, that, if you're pinning your hopes on Dominic keeping you up, I suspect that won't be enough. Yeah. And it was another thing to highlight, the, the very different form of Forrest, home and away. Uh, Forrest got three goals in their first yeah, 10 away Premier League games so far. It was an important point. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Ray Helton joined us on Friday for the Falls panel. And uh, just occasionally, uh, someone uh, does the Falls panel and predicts the scores of the big games at the weekend. And it's almost spooky what they said. This was Ray on the Arsenal-Manchester United game with his prediction. 
You know, sometimes you hear Super Sunday, big games, they don't always live up to the hype that surrounds them. Mm. I think this is going to be the, I think this is going to be a cracker. I think there's going to be loads of goals in this game. Two teams that are playing consistently well at the moment. But just Arsenal, we, the youngsters in the team and the belief that they've got at the moment. I'm actually going to go 3-2 Arsenal. There you are. Wow, that's the man to get behind if you're having a flutter. Right oh, Arsenal, fans are, way. <laughs> Arsenal fans are amazing. Though. We're getting a lot of tweets saying we're not praising them now. I think we have, though. We've I said think they're the best you team have to, in the country. I, I mean, I look, if, if you're looking, we're not neutrals. You've got two Tottenham fans <laughs> and a Chelsea fan. And you should be even yeah. enjoying it more to watch us sit here yeah. squirming and saying how Cringing, great you are. Yeah. yeah, you should be enjoying <laughs> it. It's, 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 it's double bubble for you people. I know what they want. They're so funny. I'll tell you what they want, Andy. What some people particularly younger football fans want now, not only must you praise their team, but you must say that the team you've supported all your life is no good and mm. their club should be burnt to the ground and the ashes <laughs> fired to the heart of the sun. Well, That's what they want. Well, they're we not going to get it, are they? We are previewing Fulham Spurs, so <laughs> yeah. hold that thought. Though. Hold that thought. But let's have a look then. Let's move mm. on as we bring you uh, Liverpool nil. Chelsea nil. Yeah, not 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 a particularly exciting game of football. Yeah, classic twelve thirty kickoff Saturday. It was really between two mid table teams. Really, <laughs> well, it was. I thought Chelsea were the better side. Actually, I don't know why. So they I thought were, Klopp was madly over optimistic afterwards. Saying, "Oh, I can see the side." I thought Chelsea should have won the game. If they, I was a Liverpool fan, I'd be worried about his body language. He looks a slightly broken man at the moment. Jurgen Klopp. I mean, they, he made some a good fifteen minutes yeah. at the start of the second half. But apart from that, it was all Chelsea. But he made some big calls and made some changes and I think look I think generally they did work but he took some people out of midfield and, and switched things around but there's just something about his body language at the moment I, I, I don't know he just seems very off he, I mean look he has the, that club's great history plus the, the fantastic ground and fans and atmosphere which he's locked into and fed off for years and years but this is tw almost 20 years now Jurgen Klopp has had brilliant jobs that are at the same time unenviable at Dortmund he was doing fantastic work knowing that the, the opposition team by Munich were going to take away his two best players every summer at Liverpool he's done amazing things Champions League finals Champions League winners all of those things but it's, it must be it must be tiring knowing that there are five six seven clubs who will outspend your at least match your spending in the course of each season in England it, it, I, Longevity in managers comes at a cost, I think. Mm. Um, unless you're an absolute dreadnought like Sir Alex Ferguson, it must it must get you down. It doesn't. And I thought, it, it, sorry, Dan, it doesn't matter. I mean, wherever he goes to manage, there is always a food chain. There was a food chain in Germany that, for a while, mm. he was able to overcome. But you know, still, Munich could go and buy his best players, even as Dortmund manager. Yeah, but the point is, Andy, that people normally only have two years as the mm. victim of that food chain sure. to don't succeed. He succeeds and has that pressure then for year after year after year after year. And I thought it was telling that he did make some brave changes. And yet by the end of the game, trying to shake some life into that Liverpool team, he brought on Fabinho, mm, yeah. Henderson, Alexander-Arnold. The, 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 the band was getting back together again, it wasn't was. it? They were in Ray Charles' I've, music shop. I here that says... <laughs> Badashir, who played well actually, but Badashir was as bad as me on that head. Yeah. Score. <laughs> but Mudrick looked good, he didn't I? know it's early doors, but he was ex it was exciting uh, when he came on. Well, and we're, of... we're, we're not, I mean, he has been brilliant for Shakhtar, in the, mm. particularly in the Champions League this season. Um, but we're now analysing mm. one mm. run, which he did have ten touches of the ball, and it was pretty brilliant. 
where I know he's no, one run, he's now... You give him the, yeah, give the boy a chance. Yeah. I tell you though, but the, he did look great. That yeah. was good. What's interesting, I made this point about Jao Felix, I made this point about other players that come in, Modric, all look sharper than our players. And he hasn't played since November. There's yeah. something up with that training. The players aren't sharp as, wow. as they could be. Southampton nil, Aston Villa won. Uh, drones, of course, uh, led to a, a bit of a breaking play. But it's all about social media. It's the same as the bloke that wandered onto the pitch last week and had his photo taken with Casemiro. He doesn't care if he's going to get wow. banned forever. All he cares about is he, he's, he's on TikTok or he's on Instagram. Well, hang on. And this is the same thing. Hello, oh, that's your fault, Andy. That's you, Andy, 12 hours yeah. on social media. No, no, but, but I don't post <laughs> stuff to, to, to get attention you know I mean? no, yeah, no, but I, you're I, giving him attention well I don't yeah, I, wouldn't, I don't follow him but Get I off. mean you need a you need digital what you need a digital, digital cleanse. cleanse but it is social media <laughs> that causes all this stuff because he's yeah. a YouTuber and he wanted to you know do that and it's so irritating Villa five wins in seven uh, they're, 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 they're all saying players saying nice things about Unai Emery and they say he's a winner he's bringing a winning a winning mentality and they're very mm. pleased with the job five he's out doing. of seven's good yeah He's, you know, he's a, just, he's a, a very good football manager who got himself involved in PSG, where everybody is, is ultimately doomed. You remember, I think I'm right in saying he was sacked in the tunnel, wasn't he? Yeah. Um, Unai Emery. Um, and then he goes to Arsenal, who were at the very low point of their reorganisation. And I'm not going to suggest for one minute that Mikel Arteta has benefited from his work. I don't, I don't know that to be true. But he just was in the wrong place at the wrong time there. He's a good manager, really good manager. Mm. Uh, and, of course, and of course, Villa's players are responding because I think what was going on there prior was chaotic. Yeah. And like all human beings, a little bit of leadership doesn't go go amiss. I mean, um, you know, I mean, the drone. Let's be honest. Um, the uh, I spoke to two people who have been out who were at the game, um, both Southampton fans. The drone was a blessed relief for the home fans <laughs> because they were doing nothing. Yeah, and they were they, they were hoping that the game would be abandoned but apparently the <laughs> protocol is just to take the players mm. off yeah no I was at a game Brentford Wolves last year when this happened and it's so boring and it's so irritating yeah, yeah. I'd love to you couldn't have this but I'd have a police marksman on site they should all give the they should give down. everybody in the crowd a blunderbuss <laughs> exactly and you can take it out yeah. it could be slightly um, dangerous it could be probably not a great mm. idea um, forget that uh, Southampton <laughs> if, if you're a set piece coach in, and just move down to the south coach because uh, you can go and work with uh, Bournemouth <laughs> and Southampton you can flip between the two clubs and work on them defending set pieces yeah. Palace nil Newcastle nil and uh, really the only standout from that was that that Pope save what a stop that was yeah he's in great form isn't he um, <clears> and <throat> at least I, the commentary I watched at least didn't say well it was a good height for a goalkeeper how many times are great yeah. saves these days chalked off by the commentator saying well he's lifted that two foot off the ground these blokes are diving <laughs> full length yeah. off, a, off, a, off, a, off a, you know, a standing start on grass. It's not as if you're on a trampoline or something. They stop the ball. Oh, well, it's safe. Well, I expect him to save that. Would you indeed? Well, that's very good of you to save from 50 no, yards that away. Was, that was, you <laughs> that know was, it was a wonderful save. save because Mateta himself applauded. And yeah. You don't often yeah, see that. That's and, a great sign, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. At nine hours not conceding a goal, Newcastle. A bit they of a could concern. do with Harry Kane. Yeah, they probably, they probably could. They could probably afford him. Well done, Andy. <clears> you, how yeah. many more clubs are people going to sell Harry Kane <laughs> to before the end of this programme? <laughs> but, um, yeah, a Callum Wilson, a little piece on Callum Wilson by Luke Edwards in the Telegraph today. So he's going to be... He's not been the same since the World Cup. It may say maybe the intensity of the training that he did with England was nothing like what he would have got a Premier League and he didn't play much football in the World Cup. So he's it's taken him a while to get the pace of the Premier League back. 
it's it's odd, isn't it? You never know what what's going on with human beings. The, the arrival of Alexander Isak, which many people would hope would GM up or maybe be a potential partner for him, may have mm. set him back in the same way that maybe one of the reasons. And I know we don't want to talk about Spurs for long, Andy. Um, maybe. Um, uh, you know, Son's form, the arrival of Richarlison. Some people just threatened by new things, aren't they? Yeah. Their position. Mm. Just very quickly, then we'll look ahead to Fulham uh, Tottenham our, uh, game tonight. We're going to preview mm. in a bit more detail later on. Um, but um, the big thorny question in light of the stuff over the weekend, which seems to suggest that Antonio Conte doesn't want to commit to a new contract. So the chairman really has the the decision to make. Does he? Does he maybe allow him to buy a couple of players in his own image with Paratici, the the general manager? And, and hang on, he may, he may be banned by the end of this afternoon. No, that's quite possible. Yeah, if they're, if they're if he's still, or does he make the call? Does he say you've effectively got a manager that everybody knows is going at the end of the season, and, and that could cost places in the league and money? You can't, you can't have that. It just, I mean, I just think you cannot have a temporary manager for six months at a Premier League club. If people, if he doesn't want to sign his new contract, and I totally understand he's had a very difficult personal time with the deaths around him, his family's in Italy, but you can't, he can't leave him there. I mean, and they can't be buying players for him either. So uh, Daniel Levy once again has a, a tremendous crossroads ahead, and it, of course this has arrived eight days before the end of the transfer window. Yeah. I think the word chaos might be applied here with, uh, without being <laughs> it's uh, a very, contradicted. It's a very important game for Spurs. Right? They need to get something out of the game. And, uh, and Fulham have done well, they have, but I, I can't say when Chelsea played them, I don't think they would have won that game if Chelsea hadn't gone down to ten men. I didn't no Mitrovic. Yes, no that Mitrovic. That made a big difference. Yes, I suppose so. He's huge for them. I yeah, think. I well, he's so. huge anyway. Uh, anyway, <laughs> Danny, thank you. We will catch oh, up with you next week. Most enjoyable. Thank it, you. Enjoy the match tonight. I'm almost certain you won't much like me but we'll do our best <laughs> the Hawksby and Jacobs daily podcast just been watching the um, uh, Chris Eubank Jr um, Liam Smith weighing just now um, Chris Eubank Jr uh, wearing a Manchester United shirt yes. um, but probably more notably in light of that exchange yesterday uh, a rainbow armband yeah. uh, it was pretty yeah, unpleasant was really stuff unpleasant. very unpleasant stuff well, Liam's been in with us before and come across as a good lad but he let himself down yesterday I think quite badly and Chris Eubank Jr handled it pretty well um, that was really odd even the bro- boxing ball of control weighed in you've probably seen that they were saying that the the stewards of the ball be considering the conduct of both boxers directly but it, mm. yeah, it was all pretty unpleasant stuff but uh, I'll try and bring you the weights if we can shortly on that one um, yeah. Andy away yeah. from that if you're a pro- professional footballer this weekend and you're playing in the Premier League and you're listening to this if you score an absolutely magnificent goal or put in a brilliant assist for uh, the winning goal can you celebrate I'm sick of these players like Elise and Ziek. what is wrong with these people oh, I'm sorry you're getting paid an absolute fortune for doing something you love so you want them to be happy well of course it's pathetic honestly <laughs> absolutely pitiful <laughs> You know, they're an absolute fortune. They're doing something that people would love to do. Mm. You know, they've, they've given people loads of pleasure and joy and they sit there like, looking like it's the worst thing that's ever happened. I did not get that reaction from Elise the other night. I know. It was really, really odd. But, you know... That's everybody's got there. Maybe he was celebrating inwardly. <laughs> it, it, was, it was quite a strange reaction. I'll give you that. But I suppose everybody, yeah. everybody's got their own way. Now, Andy, yeah. um, mm. you're happily married. I don't expect you to uh, be involved in this show. But they're doing uh, Love Island for older people. Are they? They're going to do it. Yeah, that's right. Um, uh, that's right. And uh, uh, it's, uh, it's going to be called Your Mum, My Dad. Children trying to set up their single parents. Really? Um, oh, your mum, my dad. I yeah. see. Yeah, okay. Yeah. 
Yeah. And uh, so will you watch that? No. I don't even watch the I don't think they'll go one. down the old swimsuit route, will they? It does seem, it does seem quite unlikely. No, no, I don't think and, so. Uh, and if I win it, I won't be wearing a, a cat suit like Ekins suit. <laughs> Ekins. Ekins. I think Ekins I, was, suit. I was shouting something very similar at the telly after City's fourth goal last night. Do you get the marketing of the Beckham kids? I don't get this. What footballer playing for Brentford Reserves would be the face of a sports brand like Puma? It's mad, isn't it? Honestly, I don't get it. But there you go, I suppose they do attract yeah, a lot of attention. companies approach you. The uh, tabloid newspapers, this, this constant drip, drip, knocking of Gary Lineker. This one's a fantastic from Simon Randall. Yes. He said, uh, wrote to The Sun today, in the Wolves v uh, Liverpool match, Gary Lineker said how toasty warm he was in the BBC studio. I'm sure freezing pensioners forced to fund this outdated corporation will be... You're right, mate. Yeah. He just said he was warm. That's a bit, of a, str- it's a bit of a stretch, yeah. isn't it? That's <laughs> really, really. Give it now, a, rest, a, a myth was nailed yesterday. They often say if a, if a, a bird mm. poos on you, it's supposed to be lucky, isn't it? Well, I'm not sure that's true. <laughs> uh, uh, Alex Verev was playing at the um, Aussie Open, mm. and that's what happened to him. And he went on and lost. Uh, he lost in four sets. So that's the end of that. So it wasn't that lucky. <laughs> clearly, no. clearly not that lucky. And uh, what a great uh, quote from Rob Andrew, the Sussex chief executive. Yeah, brilliant, mate. He's talking about Steve signing well, yeah, Steve Smith. We were Smith. railing against this with who was it? Mahami? Yeah, oh, no, yeah. with uh, Nick Compton, weren't we? Yeah, that's it. He says, to have arguably the world's best batter play uh, for us is great. It's great for us and for the championship. Yeah, not, not so great for England, yeah. though. Don't worry about it. He's going to play three county championship games just to get his eye in ahead of the Ashes. Why are we doing that? Right. Is he paying Sussex? Because he ought to, really. Imagine they're paying him handsomely. Yeah. I think we should, we, Sussex fans who support England should boycott it. He should. <laughs> yeah. They should. Jeffrey it's, boycott it. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. The Talk Sport Clips of the Week. Well, it's uh, Clips of the Week pewter. Um, we have dusted off some old clips, uh, warts and all, from two, March 2008, as you've heard before. Mm. Dusty old box of mini disc found in a corner. And uh, the producer has uh, been digitising them for us. And here they are. We've not heard them since 2008 either. We don't know who's in them. I'm sure they'll be good. Well, it's a safe guess it'll be Alan. <laughs> Well, funny enough, that's where we kick off, Andy, isn't it? We begin with Alan Brazil uh, actually kicking off another another busy breakfast show. On DAB Digital Radio and via the net, good morning and welcome to your number one sports breakfast on TalkSpurt. TalkSpurt? TalkSpurt is, I don't want to think about it. I don't either. This is Mike Parry now. My dad didn't have to do national service because he was in the Royal Navy during the war. Yeah. He came out a finer man than he was when he went in. I know that for a fact because I knew him quite well. Well, he's your dad, wasn't he? <laughs> <laughs> Commentating on a race. What? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was a little bit, wasn't it? 15 to 1 bar. <laughs> uh, back to breakfast. And isn't it a shame when the callers get exterminated live on air? Brian, good morning. Morning, Alan. Hiya, Brian. Yeah. Morning, Brian. Yeah, I- I'm not a bitter Arsenal fan. I've got a really good point. The reason when David Bentley was... <laughs> Ronnie, Ronnie Irani's ray gun that he often used to bring in to work. Yeah, of course. Alan sounding a bit Cheltenham. It was March. Thinking, yeah. <laughs> Over to Nigel Botherway on Fisherman's Blues now. In the Thames, a fish finder is fantastic for picking up the bottom features, but it's not that good for finding fish. Got to change the name of it then, haven't they? Much like the all weather at Kempton. The some weather at Kempton, of course, as it was called off today. Big Alan again now. And this this really is his broadcasting style in a nutshell. 
So suddenly Stevie G, bang, he did have a little pop a few weeks ago, if you remember, didn't he? Listen, this is not good enough for Liverpool. And to be fair to Stephen Gerrard, since he said that, bang. <laughs> bang. <laughs> Alan doesn't bang as much. He used to do that yeah. a lot, didn't he? We, yeah. had, we had great moments in history, didn't yeah. we, over the years. You know, bang. Napoleon, bang, small mouth, bang. He went, bang. And he used to, but yeah, doesn't do that quite as much <laughs> as he did. He's, he's got out of the habit. Um, this is, well, it's up to you, Andy, you do it. It is. It's yeah. back to Mike Perry with a bit of trivia. Cornish pasties originated in Cornwall. Thank you very much. <laughs> he is a mine of information, isn't he? Brilliant, isn't it? Now, here was occasional uh, presenter, <laughs> former RF pilot, John Nicholl, talking politics. What did you think of Mr Darling and what he said yesterday? Well, I know one man who probably was watching it with absolute, absolute, total and utter st- staggering, st- amazing Adam Bolton... <laughs> Sometimes the words just don't come, do they? Really. Brilliant, isn't it? Uh, returning to Alan Brazil again, we had a huge guest with him, former two-weight champion of the world, Evander Holyfield. And Evander was promoting his new book. Evander, what can we read? Are we, are we, uh, do you start right as the upbringing, right through your book? Uh, the Olympics, the disqualification, the heartbreaks, the success? Well, it is a life story. <laughs> Not really worth reading it now, is it? Really. Yeah, cheers, Al. Thanks for sorting that out for me. And we finish with Mike Parry setting up a music quiz. Believe me, it will change your life, OK? Now, today's song is You Sexy Thing by Hot Chocolate. Hot Chocolate? Hot Chocolate? Where does that even come from? No. <laughs> Mr Parry had another go later on. Now then, you've just heard our three contestants give us their chance at the tune of You Sexy Thing by Hot Chocolate. Uh, ch- ch- hot Chocolate, Errol what Brown. What is that with your teeth this morning? No, there's nothing wrong with my teeth, Andy. Well, nothing wrong with my teeth at all. No, what happens, what, happens is, what happens is, when you look at your computer and yes. you keep knocking the desk and it keeps vibrating like that, right. it's very difficult to get yourself in focus, OK? But- <laughs> yeah, we see why I keep saying chocolate. <laughs> yeah. But one of Mr Parry's great skills was his mm. ability to improvise because if you've ever heard him, he used to sing quite a lot, of course, oh, and yeah. he'd never know the words of the song, so he'd make them up. <laughs> and most of the time they were just old frontier gibberish, never made any sense no. at all. But I still think this is a classic. I, 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 Sir Rod does listen to TalkSport, and I know he would have heard this clip uh, before. But he would have been... I think he might have gone back to the drawing board, having heard this slightly on-the-nose version of one of his old classics. It's from that same music quiz. Take it away, Mike. Yeah. Uh, if you think you have what it takes and you want to be one of the two challengers to give Anthony a run for his money tomorrow, then the song you need to work on is Do You Think I'm Sexy by Rod Stewart. Shall I just give you a few bars of that? Go on in. If you think I'm sexy and you're done to love me, come on, baby, open wide. If you think I'm groovy and you want to smooch me, come on, baby, by my side. Took a slightly creepy turn at one point, (laughs) but he just sort of brought it back. He brought it back uh, at some point. So there we are. That was uh, the clips of the week. Pewter from March 2008. Mm. We'll dust a few more off next week. Now, Andy. Yes. um, I don't know if you saw this. Uh, There was a lot of talk about Pablo Sarabia swapping, uh, one of the papers said, the glitz of Paris for a relegation scrap Mm. in Wolverhampton. Well. I thought, you know... uh, Paris, Wolverhampton, Wolverhampton, Paris, two great historic cities. Yeah. That, um, But, I mean, what do you know about either city, Andy? That's the question well, I ask. I have stayed at the Jarvis Park Hotel in Wolverhampton. Oh, well, nice. And you've stayed in nice hotels in Paris? Well, yeah, I stayed in the Georges Sank once. OK, what was better? 
George Saint. Oh, okay, fair enough. <laughs> that was a rhetorical. It didn't, it didn't overlook the prison. Okay. <laughs> There's something wrong with a hotel that overlooks the prison. I mean, oh, somebody goes over it. the wall. The worst one I ever had was when we went to Edinburgh and I was standing in that place right up, up the back. Near the zoo. We turned up, didn't we? We turned up at about 11 o'clk at night and I didn't know where we were. We just get out of the car in Edinburgh. And then <laughs> six o'clock the following morning, I hear, hoo, 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 hoo. what the heck's going on? Um, and all sorts of. Me. No, exactly. Sorts of elephants trumpeting. And they opened the curtains, Life of Brian style. There they were. It was really? we were right in the back of the zoo. Yeah, anyway, this is nothing to do with Paris or Wolverhampton. Andy. <laughs> yeah. And we don't have enough quizzes here on TalkSport. I'm going to put that right. Okay, I've got, I've got a quiz. It won't take long. I've got six questions for you. Okay, I'm happy. Are you ready? All yeah. I want to know is, is it Wolverhampton or is it Paris? You can play along at home, folks. Okay. Here we go. In which city... Oh, a nice easy one to kick off with. Okay. In which city was wrestler Kendo Nagasaki finally unmasked? <laughs> Surprisingly, to a, a very polite ripple of applause given the enormity of the moment, and there was a TV audience of 14 million people watching on World of... 14 million watched it. Where did that happen? Wolverhampton or Paris? It wasn't the town hall in Paris. It was the town hall in Wolverhampton. It was the Civic Hall Wolverhampton, Civic hall, yeah. which should have a blue plaque based on that. So, well done, Andy. One out Thank of one. You. Um, it might get a bit tougher now. Which city was home to the first automated traffic lights? Was that Wolverhampton or was that Paris? I'm going Paris. Well, you'd be wrong. It's Wolverhampton. Well, Very go. much a feather in Wolverhampton's cap. Tremendous. That one. Who knew? Fantastic. Yeah, so yeah. one out of two. We move on then. Mm. Keep it light, but uh, which city had a shortage of coffins in 1918 due to an outbreak of influenza? Was that Wolverhampton or was that Paris? Coffin shortage. I'd say Paris. It was Wolverhampton. Really? The great Wolverhampton <laughs> coffin shortage of 1918. Say, so keep it light, but uh, yeah. that's a question. So there we are. One out of three, Andy. It's not oh, going down very well, is it? going very well, mate. Which city refused actor Tom Cruise honorary citizenship in 2005? Was it Wolverhampton <laughs> or was it Paris? I'm going to say Wolverhampton because all the answers are Wolverhampton. It's bound to be Paris. Wolverhampton. In what circumstances do you think was Tom Cruise looking for honorary <laughs> citizenship of Wolverhampton? And at what point did they turn him down? Did he say something horrible about Stan Callis once? <laughs> was there a line in Mission Impossible that was a slight on Derek Dugan? I have no idea. It was Paris. It was Paris. Yeah, they, they knocked him yeah. back. Uh, okay, so you're not doing very well. One yeah, out of four. Really, in which yeah. city was the Bloody Mary cocktail reportedly invented, Andy? What do you reckon? Paris. Yeah, well done. It was Paris. Harry's Bar in Paris. Hemingway, apparently. Oh, not Harry's Wolver Bar in Wolverhampton. <laughs> it might be Harry's Bar in Wolverhampton. <laughs> and finally, which city boasts a French restaurant called the Parisian? <laughs> It's got to be Wolverhampton. It is Wolverhampton. Of yeah, is. of course it is. So you, you rallied there a bit. There's a in the city end. restaurant called Wolverhampton in Paris. <laughs> just, just a bit of fun there. Yeah, just a bit good, of fun. But great. you struggled on a couple of them. Well, well done know. on those automated traffic lights. Let's and of course, Led Zeppelin and Slade. There's a oh, lot yeah. going for it. I've been listening to a bit of Led Zeppelin. Oh, have you really? Yeah, we got back into them. It's so good, really. Yeah, excellent. What, what, where have you gone in? What, what stage have you gone in? Oh, no, I've got Led Zeppelin 2, really. Oh, okay. That's yeah. a good album. Yeah, very well, good what, album. Where did that come from? Just out of nowhere? Just, yeah, I can't remember why. Just, you know, down a Spotify rabbit hole, I what thought. About that? Yeah. Now, talking about I've deleted my TikTok. He has. Andy, Andy's it's gone. And we it's shamed never him. Back. Myself and the producer shamed him. He needed a digital cleanse. He spent 11 hours on social media, a man of his age. Hours, 12 hours. Mm. Six hours on TikTok. Rots your brain. He admitted he'd only ever read one book until he was 16, which was Zorro. <laughs> I can't even blame TikTok. It didn't exist in those days. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, really, old Caxton had only really got the press going when you read that. <laughs> yeah, so. That's true. 
So anyway, yeah. uh, where were we? So Andy's he's had a digital cleanse. We forced him into it. He's, he has got rid of TikTok. That's yeah, it. Think, no yeah, more. I think it's, it's actually it was seven hours. It, it shocked me actually. Yeah, myself and the producer yeah. thinks he'll be back on by Wednesday. I won't. I've, I've, I've been meaning to get rid of it for for weeks. You're going to be coming. You'll be like the New York Review of books. You'll be coming in every day talking about the book you've read, Andy Zorro Two Electric Boogaloo. I see one more video of Saltby. Bring things salt on all on his steak. Well, stop watching them, mate. I know. Right in it. your brain. Yes. Clearly. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Here we are. That was this afternoon's show. We'll do it all again tomorrow. Myself and Charlie Baker. Andy will be back on Wednesday. Do hope you can join us from one for the show. If not, the podcast, as always, will be available at four. You've been listening to the Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Hear the guys every weekday between 1 and 4 p.m. on Talksport. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.